welcome to the Podcock Peacast. I'm your host, the only Tyler Peacock. Joining me on the program, as always, is Mr. Bobby Russell. What's up, dude? Uh, not a whole lot, man. Just enjoying this, you know, seven days a week of football starting out last week. It's just, it's been beautiful. Yeah, our Bobcats got a huge uh, Mac East home W last night. Uh, recording this on a Wednesday night here. College football week 10 is around the bend. Uh, NFL week nine, we'll talk about that as well. Uh, we'll give our locks, but of course, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, kind of recap of sorts quickly last week. Uh, so uh, that will be our winners and losers segment of the week. Uh, Bobby, the floor is yours. If you want to go, start us off wherever you want, man. Absolutely. My winner this week is going to be the NFL trade deadline. Um, for the first time in years, there's it felt like one of the best core four uh, trade deadlines. You know, the NBA gets a lot of love. You know, it's always crazy every year. So is the NHL. Major League Baseball's kind of died down in recent years. And the NFL, it's always been like, you know, one or two deals. And I think there was something like 10 to 15 deals done just yesterday alone before 4 p.m. And uh, it, it was awesome. I mean, you know, it sucks to see one of my favorite players go to a new team. Um, but the good teams got better and other teams kind of, you know, threw the white flag up on the season and are building up their draft picks. So it, it was fun to watch. It was an interesting couple hours. And I, I hope it continues like that every year. I think that makes for much more fun time of the year than, you know, just watching two and six and one and seven teams. Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, it's like, I couldn't tell you when the NFL trade deadline is uh, in previous years. And now I feel like if it's going to continue like this, it's, it's kind of a date that uh, has to go in your, your mental calendar to follow along. Uh, definitely a lot of wheels and deals, and we'll see how it, it shakes out. I'm going to go positive route first, dude, with my winner of the week. I thought you were going to take this, um, but it's got to be Ross Chastain. That move... To, to literally fucking throw it on the wall in three and four at Martinsville, coming to the checkered. He needed two spots to advance into the championship four, which he did. Um, I think he passed like four or five guys in the corner. Set the lap record uh, as well during the process. Uh, it was, I mean, I've watched racing, a lot of forms of racing, dirt racing, straight cars, late models, um, all three series of NASCAR, IndyCar, Formula One. Uh, supercross motocross drag racing you name it i'm kind of into it if it's got uh you know a motor and and you go fast in it or on it i i don't think i mean i know larson tried it last year at darlington carl Edwards tried the 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 hold it wide open go to the bottom come up for a big slide job at kansas i believe uh back in the playoffs against jimmy i never seen anything like that though and 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 for it to work uh that was I mean, what he he has rubbed me at times. Ross Chastain, that is, he you know he got into Larson a couple of times. I know he's got into some Gibbs Gibbs guys, Bobby. Uh, so I feel like everybody's had a run with him, and he he kind of has this season of destiny. Like it's his time, his season. I don't know what the hell is going on, but any thoughts on it? Yeah, absolutely crazy move. Um, I I I was pulling for Denny just to. Because Denny, he took off late there. He, probably a call where he probably should have stayed out, you know, like with Briscoe did in that late in that race. Um, but, you know, coming around, I'm like, all right, yeah, he's got this. Bell's in, Denny's in. And then all of a sudden, you just see the blur come out and the smoke coming up. And I was like, oh, they're going to freeze the field, you know, throw the, like the caution there like a typical wreck would. Um, and then he just he pulled it off. So kudos to him. Um, I We'll get into that later at the end of the podcast, I think. But uh, yeah, well, yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly what NASCAR wants with um, these cutoff races, and you know we've seen it in a couple so far this year that's made it worth it. So it's it's I think it's worked out for NASCAR. Yeah, it's hard to argue that. Um, I, I'll go ahead with my loser, and then you could you could back clean up. Mine is uh, the scumbags at the uh, Michigan State Spartans football team. I get it. Like the tunnel situation at Michigan Stadium, less than ideal. I mean, it's been there 95 years. I get it. There's more cell phone cameras and coverage and access to those types of uh, places nowadays. Um, so I'm not acting like it isn't the first incident. A couple of weeks ago, James Franklin was, you know, saying that 
there was a fracas there. It was, it sounded like shit talking and maybe some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches got thrown uh, or whatever. We've seen videos of Ohio State and Michigan wolfing at each other over the years in the tunnel as well. But, um, you know, the, the, the videos that have came out now are pretty damning. It, it was, you know, I get it. Like, you probably should wait if you're Jermon Green or Jade McBurrows. You, you, you wait for Michigan State to clear, get into their locker room before you get up in the tunnel. But, I mean, you can't. Just because somebody says something or does something to you, you don't like, you can't, you can't haul off and, and five-on-one a guy or hit somebody with a helmet. So, they're just scumbags. Um, Mark D'Antonio, I feel like he kind of brought this on, all this hate towards Michigan, and that's fine. Um, you know, and they've took it to us more, more times than not since he took over to, on the field, though. Um, so w- we win, and you look like a bunch of scumbags, bottom line. So um, I don't know if you have any thoughts, or you can roll right into your loser of the week if you got one. Yeah, that that that's a tough look, and yeah, that's just that that's dysfunction starts at the top. So I think that starts and ends with Mel Tucker. Yeah, how how, how he responds out of this and what comes of this. I think it's going to say a lot about his rest of the year and if he's retained for next year, even though he has the giant contract. Um, cause, you know, money's not an issue in, in college football these days. Um, so be, it'll, start, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out with him. Then um, I'll just hop right into my loser, be quick. Uh, loser of last week in sports was uh, myself. I went 0-4 last week in our locks. I was, I was bad, um, I'm not going to lie. A couple of them were, you know, Sweated them out. A couple of them were just straight up awful picks. Um, you know, I promise to be better. Uh, I guarantee I'll be better this week. Um, you know, positive vibes only going into this week, and uh, I'm looking forward to our locks now. Yeah, I was two and two, so this is a, a collaborative dust ourselves off here on the Podcock Podcast, kind of week for uh, for both you and I. But uh, let's roll right into this college football week ten. Uh, you, we're going to go off the playoff rankings. I don't feel the need really to talk about them. I don't know if you want to. Yeah, um, I feel like we've heard it all. Yeah, I mean, maybe Clemson might be overranked, but maybe Michigan slided, vice versa. How could you rank Alabama over TCU right now? But they're better. LSU 10th is head-scratching. Like, that's that's all the talking points, I guess, like. Um, but w- the rankings, when I say a team is ranked, that we're going off the playoff rankings because that's what everybody uses now that they're out. So uh, we got four ranked on ranked matchups here. Um, but we, we're going to start first game, big game of the week here. We're going to start with the Friday night tilt. Pac-12, 1030 Eastern time on ESPN2. 23rd ranked Oregon State, the Beavers, 6-2 and two on the road. They go into Washington to take on the 6-2 and two Huskies. Washington four and a half point favorites, a total 57 to 58 range. I read it down at 57 and a half. Um, Bobby, I'll give you first uh, dibs on game number one here. What direction you're going? How do you think it goes? Yeah, this one, kind of two teams, you know, they're very similar, Oregon State and Washington here. Um, you know, Washington had a couple big upsets early in the year and then kind of faded in the middle of the season. And Oregon State, I think they're surpassing everyone's expectations. I know they certainly are ours from the preseason preview of the Pac-12. Um, and, you know, they're sitting in a good spot there, 6-2. and two. Um, Chance to play spoiler a little bit. And I think there's still an outside chance they could make the Pac-12 title game, um, you know, if they, if they beat Oregon and um, have a few other games fall their way. So it's, it's all in front of Oregon State right now, I believe. Um, and I, I think this carries over a uh, much better football team right now. They run the ball a lot better. And I think this point in the season in the Pacific Northwest, you got to be able to run the ball. So I, I like the Beavers in this one. I like the Beavers to cover the four here or yeah, they're four point dogs. So give me the Beavers to cover that. Yeah, I differ here. I, my only hold up, and I get at Oregon state. They, they bring a physicality. They got a pretty good offensive line. You mentioned the run game and everything. Washington, it's it's such a tough place to play. Um, I, I think for a Friday night, it, it'll, it could be a good environment. Um, and you've seen on the road, they went into a similar environment, hostile, I, I mean, well, like hostility-wise. Utah is this is – I think it's a little better, actually, than Washington, but they're comparable. Um, and in Oregon State, they kind of got punked there. 
Um, now, they did slow USC down another high-powered offense similar to Washington, uh, but that was in Corvallis on their home field. Um, and I think Washington might be – they might get up for this one because um, they're still alive for the Pac-12, an outside chance. They need help as well. But seeing a number by Oregon State's name, I think Penix um, is better than Chance Nolan. Chance Nolan's been banged up too, so I don't know if he's going to go for Oregon State. So I'll, I'll take UW. Um I, I'm not locking it up. It's it's a slight soft lean towards UW to cover. I think they win the football game um, when it's all said and done. Moving on, we will move to Saturday. We'll start 3.30 Eastern time. Number one, Tennessee, the Volunteers, 8-0. At the number three, Georgia Bulldogs, also 8-0. Um, actually, Georgia's number one, the AP poll, so this is kind of number one versus number one, weirdly, if you want to see it that way. Uh, Georgia, eight-point favorites right now. The total is 65 and a half to 66. Man, this I can't wait for this game. CBS three thirty. I I'm still torn. I, I think Georgia wins the game, but I, I think Tennessee covers. That, that's where I'm at. Where are you at? I want I want to hear you uh speak on this game. Yeah, I I, I I'm with you there. I, I think that Georgia still does win the game. Um much better in the big games consistently than Tennessee has been. You know, Tennessee's having an amazing run this year. And I'm going to have a take here. I think Tennessee losing benefits them. Oh, all right. So, you know, they've got the big wins this year. They, they beat Kentucky, who uh, was ranked. They have the win over Alabama. If they played this game close, it'd still lose. And Georgia's probably going to win out the rest of the SEC East. If Georgia goes to the title game and gets beat by whoever wins the West, most likely Alabama, in Tennessee, you know, in that five, six range, they're going to bump up. And that one loss is going to be, you know, circa Ohio state losing to Virginia tech a couple of years ago. Um, you know, think about these teams that hang around that five to six. And as soon as one loses a championship game, they're in. So I think that benefits Tennessee from where they're at now at number one, because even if they lose to Georgia, they're not going to fall further than six. And then they went out the rest of the year. That's, it, I think they're sitting pretty with a loss. Yeah, I think it's an interesting matchup on this Saturday, too. Like, Tennessee, obviously, you know, they're getting compared to LSU 2019 offensively right now. Hennon Hooker has taken over the Heisman favorite. Jalen Hyatt's been a touchdown machine at receiver. They might get Cedric Tillman back this week, another big-time target. But um, Georgia, they're low-key explosive offensively, too. And Tennessee, their defense isn't great, especially the pass defense, but they do got guys that could get after the passer. And I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. But I think Tennessee can make enough plays. I, I, I just can't go out on that limb and, and say they're going to go in Athens and beat Georgia. But if you go into LSU and beat them on the road, um, you know, that's never easy. So they definitely can win this game. I, I'll take Georgia, but I, I'll swallow the, the points. I think Georgia – um, by six to seven, so not quite uh, the cover. So I'll I'll take the points with Tennessee. Um, ultimately, I, I think it's just a game you kick back and relax and watch. And um, if you look at kind of the three thirty window, it's wide open this weekend. So uh, one TV is kind of all you need uh, in that stretch of time. Got anything to add there, man? Or no, I think I said it all. All right, we'll move on to seven o'clock Eastern time now. Uh, FS1 Big 12 showdown here. 24th ranked Texas, the Longhorns 5 and 3 on the air. They will travel to Manhattan, take on the Kansas State Wildcats, the 13th rated team in the playoff rankings. They're 6 and 2. Texas, two and a half point home or road favorites, excuse me. Kansas State, uh, is at home, of course. And the total is 54. Another intriguing game here. Um, I'll, I'll start here and then you could clean up. I'm gonna go Kansas State. I'll take the points at home. I think they win the game outright. I know Texas is off a bye. Um, you can get a little explosive. We've seen Oklahoma score and move the ball on Kansas State at times as well as TCU. Um, but I, I think Kansas State, they got a clear grasp on that second place. In the Big 12, I like Chris Kleiman, the coach. I think they'll be uh, jacked up in, in Bill Snyder Stadium. I just like the vibe. And maybe I'm chasing Kansas State a little bit because uh, I, I had Oklahoma State last week, and that was a disaster. So, But that's where I'm at. Uh, where are you at in this game? 
Yeah, um, I'll give my pick later, my locks. This is one of my locks this week. Uh, I'm very intrigued by this game. I, I think two evenly matched teams. Um, you know, Texas, obviously, they get the big names. They get the recruits. But Kansas State, they have the gritty guys that put in the work to make themselves better and play as a cohesive unit. Um, and we saw that last week against Kansas State. If, if they're healthy in this game, avoid some injuries, and they can eat up clock in this game, I like Kansas State. If, if it's a grinded out, you know, three and out here, punt, I, I, I like Texas better in this game. Um, so I'm excited for this one. This will be, you know, probably for, for me, seven o'clock game, probably watch the first half hour of it and then uh, throw it over on the other TV or on my phone um, and kind of keep an eye on it. But definitely one of my locks here, definitely one of the most intriguing games this weekend. Well, here's the thing. I don't think a lot of eyeballs are going to get on this game. Um, we'll get to your game after this one. Number six, Alabama on the road in Death Valley, taking on the 10th rated LSU Tigers. LSU with a six and two record. Alabama sets at seven and one on the season. ESPN game, seven o'clock Eastern time. Kickoff Alabama, 13 and a half point favorites. 59, 58 and a half ish is the total. Bobby, does LSU cover your old boy Brian Kelly in a big game against a, uh, a foe of sorts um, who's gotten the better of him? How do you think this one shakes out? I, I definitely think LSU covers. Um, Jaden Daniels has really come on the last few weeks, and, and so has the Tiger defense, really. Um, and, and that's something we saw with Kelly at Notre Dame was they always had good defenses and offenses that you know struggled but could, could do what they needed to do to win games. Um, but Nick Saban owns Brian Kelly's winless against him all time head to head. Um, this stays that way. Um, Alabama just too powerful. I, th- I think you know they want to put a stranglehold on the West here because if they lose this game, that puts LSU in the driver's seat in the West. Um, so they already are um, in first right now. LSU is I'm seeing. Um, so I, Alabama has to win this game, otherwise they're you know looking at possibly a Sugar Bowl or worse bowl coming up if if this is a loss for them. So. I think Saban rallies the troops, and I think they've come out here with a win. Yeah, I don't know if the number's too big. I mean, 13 at LSU seems – or 13 and a half, it seems like a ton. But you mentioned it. Saban has owned Brian Kelly. Now, he's at LSU. It could be different. But historically, yeah, Saban owns Brian Kelly. Seems like Alabama always plays their best football. Um, when they win a national championship, it seems like they take an L early in the year. And then from there, they just play lights out. So I think Alabama wins the football game. To me, it's a stay away on the spread because I don't want to play LSU. Uh, I think a lot of people will be on LSU, so it, and it makes me kind of want to lean in Alabama. But I don't want to give that many points in Death Valley on a Saturday night. Those those people will be so drunk and, and fucking ready to raid at the yell and cheer and, and scream their faces off for four hours. So um, fun one. Um, one other point, Alabama – I think they've only covered like forty-seven percent of their games since twenty seventeen as a road favorite. I don't, I don't know the exact uh, win-loss record ATS, but it, it hasn't been good. Little nugget I dug up. Uh, so again, that leans towards LSU, but I, I don't want to be on it at all. So to me, it's a pass. Alabama wins the game. Uh, we'll get to seven thirty here, Bobby. Here you go, man. Number four, Clemson, the eight-no Tigers. On the road in the South Bend, taking on the Fighting Irish Notre Dame. Not in the playoff rankings, five and three though, coming off that big win on the road at Syracuse last week. Uh, three and a half point favorite is the Clemson Tigers. The totals floating in that forty-four to forty-five range here. So Vegas saying a defensive game here. Um, we'll see what our resident Irish expert says here. Uh, I will give him the floor first, and uh, you hype up the game, talk about it. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, absolutely excited. Notre Dame owns Clemson at home, uh, all-time series. Um, it, it's it's gonna be a fun game. I, I sent this in the group chat today of the, the weather: forty-eight degrees, rainy, twenty-one mile per hour winds, forty mile gust. Um, it, it shaped up to to benefit both teams' offenses. They both run the ball well. Um, Clemson, you know, they've been able to throw the ball here recently. Um, I think the change of quarterback to Klubnik has benefited for them. Not sure who's going to start it. I don't think that's been put out yet. I haven't seen at least. Um, you know, we saw DJ here in 2020, um, played in an amazing game and just didn't have enough at the end. Um, but Klubnik looks like the, the future for them. He looks like Trevor Lawrence light right now, I think. Um, and I think he'll develop into that kind of guy. 
but for me, this game comes down to the battle in the trenches. Notre Dame's offensive line run game versus the Clemson defensive line. Um, defensive line for Clemson, you know, top five in the nation. Brian Brissy is a monster. Uh, I think they still have uh, Tyler Davis. I think he is still healthy. He's, he's an absolute run stuffer as well. So if the Irish can get the push, they can control the ball, eat some clock. I think we'll see them take that similar approach they did to the Ohio State game. Um, you know, they, they have installed the, the check offense the whole year. But in the Ohio State game, we saw it a lot, you know, taking the clock on the play clock down to four or five seconds and then snapping. And I think that's what we're going to see here. And I, I think that bodes well for the Irish. Uh, defensively, Irish, I think they have the upper handle on Clemson defensively as a, as a whole unit. Uh, so if, if they can, you know, force Clemson to pass, I think that's a win for the Irish. I think he's got to shut down Will Shipley on the outside and those kind of those zone outside runs that Travis Etienne used to run on. And I think the Irish will come away good here. Um, you know, Drew Pine, he's been good in situations, but he, that's only on the road. At home, he's been a below average quarterback. And that's what scares me. So I, I feel like Tommy Reese has to find a way to put him in positions to succeed. And if they do sub that win this game, um, I just don't see it happen. I think Clemson wins. Um, I just think they're stronger. They're, you know, getting back to that playoff era Dabo team. And I, I think it's just too much for the Irish at this point in the year and with what the year has been for them. So I like Clemson on the road to cover. Yeah, no offense, dude. I, I, I think you're kind of, I mean, you're getting a little bit of a deal, I think, on Clemson right now against the spread. Like, so you have two weeks to prepare for them. They're off a bye. Um, that gets them healthy. They did have some guys out in the Syracuse game, I think not less Dabo's just trying to, you know, throw us out, everybody a curveball. I think he's going back to DJ Uh So, um, I mean, we'll see, I guess. Um, but I, to me, it's, it's two things. It's, it's, I mean, I get it. DJ's not Trevor Lawrence. He's not Deshaun Watson. He's not Stroud, Bryce Young, he's not one of those guys, but I, I think he's better than Drew Pine. Now, for 60 minutes, he might not be. So I trust Clemson's quarterback situation more than Drew Pine. Two, uh, Dabo against Marcus Freeman. Like, I could be proven wrong, but I need to see it with Marcus Freeman. Andy guys have lost twice at home, it seems like, for whatever reason. Um, I don't know if it's a focus thing or whatever. You guys have been a lot better uh, on the road. You guys have been damn good on the road this year two losses to stanford and marshall at home this year um it's just i don't know i can't get those i can't shake this i'm gonna lay the points with clemson uh a strong lean not a lock um i i respect Notre Dame and that environment enough to think that there is a small chance they could pull the upset but uh gun ahead I'll, I'll roll with clemson tigers um final big game here another top 25 showdown in the acc the Demon Deacons, six and two of Wake Forest, twenty-first ranked team in the country at NC State, the twenty-second ranked team in the country. Also with the mark of six and two, ACC Network, eight Eastern Time. Wake is a uh, four-point favorite here. The total is a uh, 50, 53, 53 and a half, somewhere in that range. I think Wake wins this game. They had a million turnovers last week at Louisville. Um, NC State, the backup quarterback, they got a good defense, but I, I think Wake comes out with a vengeance. Sam Hartman gets back on track, and I think Wake wins the game outright. How say you? I'm right there with you. Wake's much better football team, and you know, Devin Leary being out has, has really hurt the Wolfpack. Um, struggled against the Virginia Tech to a win last week um, on a Thursday. So I think the extra rest might help them defensively. Um, but offensively, I just don't see it with the Wolfpack for the rest of the year. Um, and like you said, Sam Hartman's got the boys rolling. You know, a blip last week at Louisville um, cost me um, on my locks. Won't mention it again. Um, but, yeah, they're just on a roll, better team. And I, I think they're trying to stay right in contention in case something would happen with Clemson on that side of the ACC. All right, seven notable games. We'll roll through these rather quickly. Sunbelt Showdown, Appalachian State 5-3 and three at Coastal Carolina 7-1, 730 Eastern Time, Thursday night on ESPN. The Mountaineers of App State, three-point favorite, 63.5 is the total. Bobby, where are you putting your uh, prediction hat on this one? Mm, one of my locks here. I, 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 I won't okay, reveal you the can pick. pass. Yeah, I won't I'll, reveal the pick, but I, I love one of these teams. I'm on App. I think they got a better offensive line. Um, 
and they're, they're a road favorite, so Vegas likes them too. I will go with that. We move to Saturday. Kind of a weird kickoff time here, but 3 Eastern. Um, it's on the Big 12 slash ESPN Plus. Uh, Baylor on the road at Oklahoma. The Sooners lay in three and a half. 58 is the total here. Um, I like Dave Aranda. I think it'll be I, Oklahoma's defense has gotten a little bit better as the season has went on. Um, Dylan Gabriel's back. A, a lot to like with Oklahoma. But I got a feeling. It's just a gut feeling. I'm going to take the upset. I think Dave Aranda goes in there and, and Baylor beats Oklahoma for the second straight year. Um, that's where I'm at. Do you have a play on this one? Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I, I like Baylor to go in there and get it done as well, cover the three and a half that I'm seeing here. Um, in recent history, Baylor's just owned Oklahoma. You know, they might have lost one or two ones where Oklahoma's came back. You know, think back to the Hurts game. Um, but they, they've had Oklahoma's number, and they know how to play them and grind their gears. So give me the Baylor Bears as well. All right, we'll stay in the Big 12. 3.30 Eastern time kick here on FS1. The 18th-ranked Oklahoma Sooners – or Oklahoma Sooners. Oklahoma State Cowboys, excuse me, 6-2 and two on the air on the road at the Kansas Jayhawks. Jayhawks 5-3, and three, they're unranked. Um, Oklahoma State laying two on the road, 65 is the total. I mean, Oklahoma State's banged up, uh, but I, I don't know. I, I still like them. I, I Maybe I'm stupid. Um, Kansas has had a hell of a year. I think it'll be a, a tough, entertaining, high-scoring game like the over, but uh, I'll, I'll take Oklahoma State to cover. How say you? Yeah, great story for Kansas this year, coming back to a little bit of relevance. Um, but I just Oklahoma State's just a better football team. While they are banged up. They they just execute better. Um, and, you know, they're, they're trying to keep pace in the Big 12 there, Oklahoma State is. Um, and they got to have this one. So give, I'm, on, I'm on with the Cowboys as well. All right, we move to 4 Eastern time. SEC Network, 7-1, and one, the Liberty Flames on the road at Arkansas, taking on the Hogs, Razorbacks, 5-3. and three. They are laying 13.5-63 is the total here. Giving Liberty a little props, putting them in the notable games segment. 7-1 and one record after losing Malik Willis. Um, Hugh Freeze has done a hell of a job. Do they keep it close? Do they win the game? What's your thoughts on this game? Uh, I, I think this is uh, this is an audition game for Hugh Freeze. I think um, you know there might be a team in Alabama looking to hire a coach next year with SEC background, and he might be the guy. So I think if he keeps it close, I think that bodes well for him. Um, I like Arkansas to win, but give me Liberty to cover. I think Ar- I mean, obviously they're more talented. I think Arkansas, Liberty, they've played well this year. Good record, but. I mean, they played way close. I think Arkansas, Wake are comparable. I thought about taking the points, but I think Arkansas, they could just lean on them and use that big physical running game led by the quarterback, K.J. Jefferson, and uh, Rocket Sanders running back, that big offensive line. Um, I think the Hogs win go, going away, and, and they cover and win by like 17. So I will, uh, I will lay the points. Not a lock, though. A um, couple more here. We'll go to the 730 window. Another out of conference game that's intriguing. Number five, or number five, the uh, five and two James Madison Dukes on the road in Louisville, taking on the Cardinals. Louisville five and three on the year. Louisville seven and a half point favorite. Fifty four is your total. I'm going to take the points uh, with JMU. I, I think Louisville might be looking ahead. They got Clemson next week in Clemson. Look ahead spot. Um, well, I don't know it's, if. If Todd Centeno, uh, Centeno, the JMU quarterback, is healthy, uh, I'll take the points. Again, it's not a lock, so I guess who gives a shit what I say here. But I kind of like uh, I kind of like JMU off a of bye, clean some things up. They play good against uh, – or they play up to bigger competition historically. So I think the Dukes cover, but Louisville wins a, a closer-than-the-experts-think type game. Uh, where are you at with this game? Yeah, Louisville, they, they want to run the football, and the Dukes are the best in college football at stopping the run. Number one with 55 yards given up a game. Um, so if, if they stop the run, make Louisville have to pass, that, that bodes well. Um, I, I like the Dukes with the points, and, you know, I, I, like this. I, think they, I think they upset Louisville. I think they win outright, honestly. Oh, boy. 
All right. My have the, uh, well, one side of this rivalry is in a, in a transition here. The other side, they played well, but it's not up to their standard. But we got a sunshine, I can't even say, a sunshine state showdown here. Uh, Florida State at Miami, 730 Eastern time on ABC. The Knowles 5-3, and three, the Hurricanes 4-4. Four and four. Florida State, 7.5-point road favorites, 52.5 is the total. I'm taking the points. Rivalry game. I think Florida State wins, but I think Van Dyke comes back. Um, I heard he practiced, so that bodes well. Maybe for Miami. Uh, I think they keep it closer than seven and a half. I think Knowles win a, a four-point game. How say you? Uh, I'm on the Canes on this one. If Van Dyke's back, oh. I, I think they're strong. Get this game at home. Um, I think that place will be rocking. You know, you know, it, it is a rivalry game, no matter even if both teams stink. Um, so I, I think it'll be a fun one. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you with the over as well. So over and the Canes. Final one. Uh, this is I put this in here just so I could talk about my number five ranked Michigan Wolverines, eight zero on the year, uh, on the road at Rutgers Wolverines. 26 point favorites 44 and a half 45 is the total um it looks a little easy to to lay the points with michigan uh shiano last year uh kept it close in the big house very tight game and uh the year before the covid year michigan won but it went the triple overtime so you know he he, he i don't say he, i'm not saying he has our number but I, i'm a little afraid from a point or spread aspect laying the points there but um, just get out, stay healthy, nine and zero, uh, and on to the next one. So uh, that's where I'm at. I don't know if you have a play. If not, we could uh, move on to the National Football League. Yeah, I like I like Rutgers to cover. Um, you know, like you said, they, Michigan has you know played some tough games with Rutgers and Rutgers with Shiano back. Plays them plays them tight. So give me the Rutgers to cover. But Michigan, it's an easy win, but it's not a not a twenty seven point win. Right on. I'm wait. I'm trying to get this fucking thing to load. Anyway, I was gonna go through the rest of the top twenty-five. Uh, oh, okay. Here we go. So, um, games we did not discuss. Number twenty, Syracuse at Pitt, three thirty Eastern Time. Number twenty-five, Central Florida at Memphis, also at three thirty. Uh, Ohio State um, at Northwestern. The second rank, Buc- second rank Buckeyes. Uh, that's a noon kick. Uh, Texas Tech at number seven, TCU. That's a noon kick. Number 17, North Carolina at Virginia, noon kick. Number 19, Tulane at Tulsa, also at noon. Number eight, Oregon at Colorado, 330, also at 330. Number 15, Penn State at Indiana. Michigan State on the road at number 16, Illinois at 330. Arizona at number 14, Utah. That's at 730. Number 12, UCLA at Arizona State at 930. And number nine, USC host Cal, 10.30 Eastern time. on. Um, oh, that's the top 25 schedule. Any of those stick out as a potential upset alert to you? For me, the one that sticks out is uh, TCU at Texas Tech. Um, Texas oh, TCU sound. Can... Oh, uh, yeah, still uh, Texas Tech. Okay. I, I think they, they've proven they can hang with the big dogs. And, you know, it just seems like a trap game for TCU. I think everything's been a little easy for them. Uh, I feel like they might, you know, kind of be sleepwalking through this part of their schedule. So I put that one upset alert. Yeah, I, I'll, I, I have it as a lock, but I'm a little – it's a system play. But uh, you never know what you're going to get with Memphis. So I, I think Central Florida off that big win against Cincinnati last week going on the road to Memphis, Memphis off a of bye. That could be a slippery, slippery spot, but uh, we will see. Uh, all right, we'll move on to the National Football League Week 9. Bobby, I don't know if this – maybe it's because me and you have done a podcast together for a while. This is the second straight year that our teams have shared a bye week. Um, that's got to be some kind of weird anomaly, or the league is listening to us. Um, so I guess congrats to me and congrats to you that uh, I feel a little better – but little bit better about my team right now i i feel like but i don't think you and i sit in really great uh head spaces with our pro football team so uh craig congrats to you on a on an off week where you don't have to uh agonize and languish watching your steelers and same to me with the niners any yeah. any thoughts about the bye <laughs> oh man it's 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 a great feeling um you know i i i i love the steelers you know, my first team i ever watched in any sport and I, 
haven't really seen this bad of a team. Even even in the Coward years, when they were six and ten in that kind of range, they were still competitive. They they're just absolutely dog shit right now. Um, you know, they shipped some guys out, brought some new guys at the deadline. Um, hopefully, this week of rest comes back. We got two straight home games after this, um, and you got some winnable games coming up here. You got Saints. Um, I believe we have the Texans coming up. Um, so there's some winnable games for the Steelers, but they they desperately needed this bye week. Yeah, and my team's a fucking mash unit. It is every year, so it's not surprising. But of course, the bye week coming up, um, I feel like that only helps the San Francisco 49ers. I only have four NFL games that we're going to pick focus on here. So we'll start chronological order. We'll go with the three one o'clock Sunday games. We'll start with the Chargers four and three at the four and four Atlanta Falcons on Fox Chargers three point road favorites. Forty nine and a half is the total. If it was three and a half or higher, I'm taking the points, but I, I think the Chargers win. You're probably pushing here. I think they win by a field goal. Um, they were off a bye, so I I, I kind of like them, but I never really trust the Chargers. How say you in this matchup? Yeah, I, I don't trust the Chargers. Um, you know, injuries have depleted them. You know, some guys they've been missing, some guys they've lost for the year, specifically JC Jackson. Um, it's it's gotten it's gotten hairier for the Chargers here recently. Uh, I think they are a better team than the Falcons. I think they can stop the Falcons' run. That's that's what the Falcons want to do. They want to run the football. Um, and if you have to make Mariota pass the ball, I think that's an easy win. So. Uh, I'm on the Chargers. Stay away from me, though. I think it's a close game um, just because, you know, both teams dealing with some injuries and, you know, the Falcons just just aren't good, but somehow they're first in the South. All right, move on. CBS game in the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills 6-1 and one, on the road at the 5-3 and three New York Jets. Bills 12.5 point favorites, 47.5 is the total. I'll give you dibs on this one. Go ahead. Yeah, like I said, for my, my winner this week was the deadline. The Bills are one of those teams that got better, bringing Naheem Hines. Might not be, you know, full playbook in right yet. Might not play the whole game, just getting him used to everything. But he adds a new dimension of a pass catcher out of the backfield that the Bills desperately need. Singletary's a great runner. James Cook, a great runner. Uh, but Naheem Hines, you can put him, run from the backfield. You can split him out wide. He does it all. Um, I think that benefits them. They're just a better football team. They're an absolute wagon, the best in the AFC at this point in the season. Um, they've proven they can beat the big dogs and go into those stadiums and win. And I, I like the Bills here. I like the Bills by two touchdowns, so give me the Bills to cover. Yeah, good luck to uh, Zach Wilson trying to throw it into that defense. So um, I will take uh, I'll take the Bills, and I'll lay the, I'll lay the points. Uh, moving on, final one o'clock game. We got the six and one Minnesota Vikings at the Commanders. Four and four is the Washington uh, Redskins slash football team, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Fox one o'clock, as I said, three and a half point favorite is the Vikings. The total forty three and a half. Um, I'd like the Vikings to win, but I, something about Washington, their defense is playing well. I think the hook saves you. I think the Vikings win by a field goal, so I'll take the Commanders plus the points. Vikings win. Um, I'm, I I think the Vikings might be a little bit of fool's gold, but it might not matter in that division. We'll see. Uh, anyway, your thoughts? Yeah, the stars are aligning. You know, Kirk Cousins at 1 p.m., revenge game at Washington. Um, it, just like I said, it, it's all working out. I, I like the Vikings. The signs are all there. So give me the Vikings to cover the three and a half. All right, final game. We will go to the Sunday nighter, NBC 820. Tennessee Titans on the road at the Kansas City Chiefs. Titans five and two. Chiefs five and two. Eight twenty NBC. Uh, Chiefs also twelve and a half point favorites in Arrowhead. Forty six and a half is the total. I love the over here, um, and I think I might take the points with the Titans. Something about Vrabel, he might be able to keep it within ten, maybe a touchdown. But I, I think the Chiefs on Sunday night uh, they win plus. I don't really like Tannehill, but <laughs> I, I'd feel a little bit better uh, about taking the Titans. or I would have more of an urge to take the Titans plus the points if Tannehill was in the lineup. So um, that's where I'm at. Uh, how say you with the Sunday Nighter? Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I like the Titans to cover this one. I got a plus 12. Um, they, they run the football. They, they can shorten this game, and they can do a lot of things to help Willis out here. Obviously, the Chiefs don't need a whole lot of time to score. Um, you know, 13 seconds is about all they need, really. So, Chiefs to win, Titans to cover. 
Um, if Tannehill's playing, definite cover. If not, still, I'm, I'm pretty solid on it. I'll quickly run through the rest of the NFL schedule, and that'll be the week nine preview Thursday night. Eagles 7-0 at the Texans on Prime Video 815. Uh, we'll get back to Sunday now, 1 o'clock games. Dolphins at the Bears. Panthers at the Bengals. Packers at the Lions. Colts at the Patriots. At Jaguars, that's your one o'clock slate. The ones, of course, we previewed, and the, those were the rest. Um, afternoon games: Seahawks at the Cardinals, four o five on Fox, and Rams at Bucks. Almost put this game on, but good God, both those teams are not good right now. Uh, Rams at Bucks at four twenty five on CBS, and then your Monday nighter, decent game: Ravens at the Saints. I don't know who's good in the NFL outside of the Eagles, Bills, and Chiefs. I guess we'll find out eventually as we get into November, but uh, any of those games stick out as, uh, you know, definitely have to watch or you, you good with week nine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm good with week nine. I, I, I'm taking a bye week from the NFL as well. I probably will not tune into these because um, I'll be tuning into that, you know, final race of the season at Phoenix. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We're going to get to that after we do these locks real quick, real quick, as I uh, have a stroke and can't talk. I got four locks here, Bobby, all the college variety. How many, how many uh, bullets in the gun are you going with this week? I got all four college as well. All right. Well, um, I will start. I'm going to go middle Tennessee. They're at Louisiana tech. They're a short road favorite, but I see minus minus one twenty five on the money line. The line is a two and a half, I believe. Get those points out of here. Give me the Blue Raiders, Middle Tennessee State money line. I think it, Louisiana Tech might be on their third string quarterback. And like I said, I've been doing some numbers on my own. The system loves Middle Tennessee State. So system play, Blue Raiders, money line minus 125. So, Bobby, go ahead with your first dart. Yep, uh, throwing to the fun belt here, the App State Coastal game. Um, I got Coastal at home plus three. Uh, it's tough to win at Myrtle Beach on the teal field, um, and I think the Chanticleers are probably the favorite for the Sun Belt to win this the conference this year. Um, so I love them. Plus three at home is I think that's easy money for me. All right, I am going to the Big Twelve next. Uh, West Virginia on the road at Iowa State. Cyclones, six and a half, seven point favorite. I got this at six and a half. I'll lay it with Iowa State again. That's a system play. Um, I think West Virginia's defense is bad enough to let Iowa State actually have some offense this week. Iowa State's offense could choke down West Virginia a little on that grass outside in Ames. Um, Campbell, I, I think it's time. They're winless in conference. I don't see him going winless in conference. I think they win. They cover. Give me the Cyclones laying the six and a half. Your next move is? Yeah, I'm going to a stink fest in the SEC. Uh, Florida at Texas A&M. Florida's a three and a half point road dog. Uh, I, I, I love Florida in the spot. Texas A&M suspended some players, dealing with some turmoil. Uh, Jimbo's kind of losing control down there, kind of like he did his last year at Florida State. So give me the Gators to go on the road and cover this one. Okay, my next play is in the AAC. It doesn't quite get to the money line here, but I'm going to lay the – it's a system play. If I'm going to be a system guy, i got to stick with the system. I mentioned Memphis could be slippery, but Central Florida, all my numbers that I've ran, they love Central Florida in this, in this matchup. So I'll lay the three and a half on the road with the uh, Golden Knights. That is my third play. Bobby, with yours. I'm going to uh, stand in the SEC. I got the Tennessee-Georgia over at 66. Uh, Tennessee scores a lot, doesn't play a whole lot of defense. They're going to have to. Um, in Georgia, they can score with the best of them. So that, that over is my only over this week, and I love that one. All right, my final log on the fire. I'm going back into the AAC. I got a money line play here. I'm giving you a plus money line play, an underdog here. I'm going to go with the Houston Cougars at Southern Methodist University, SMU. I'm going to take the Cougars plus 125 on the money line. Uh, they're plus three. You could take that as well, but why? Just get the plus points. Don't worry. Or get the plus money. Don't worry about the points. Houston's going to win that football game outright. They've won three in a row. They're finding their stride. SMU, they're banged up. The system likes them. To me, all signs point towards the Cougs. So I will uh, take the money line 
plus 125. Bobby, your final stanza is? Wrapping it up with the Big 12 here. I like Texas to go on the road and beat Kansas State. Um, I like them to cover two-and-a-half-point road favorite as well. Um, it's going to be a gritty, grinded-out type game. Um, Texas thrives there with their defense, and I think they pull this one off and cover that two-and-a-half easily. Real quick before we, we get rid of the pads and, and put on the racing helmet here, Tuesday night, the Bobcats on the road. First place Bobcats of Ohio University on the road at the hated rival Miami Redhawks, Jaeger Stadium. I didn't find a line on it, but uh, we're both Bobcats guys here. Um, Miami's got a good defense, but real quick, do we keep the train rolling, Bobby? How say you? Bobcats win? Bobcats win. Curtis Rourke, another five-touchdown performance coming up um, on the road there. Um, Bobcats, they, they own Miami. Um, you know, Miami's been stronger, but, you know, Bobcats always pull off the battle of the bricks here. Um, I think we bring those back home to Athens. Damn, I hope you're right. I, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to predict against, uh, Tim Albin's Bobcats. So, uh, I will agree, um, paint it green and white, uh, next Tuesday night. So NASCAR, we are down to four, the final four in Phoenix, uh, that's where the championship race. That'd be weird if they race somewhere else, all right? So I have some numbers real quick here. Uh, these are just basic wins, laps led, and average finish for the season. Uh, Chase Elliott has the most wins with five out of the four drivers. He has the most in the cup this year. Also, he's led the most laps at 857. But his average finish for the, seasons, for the season is 16.33. Next in line, Christopher Bell with three wins. His average finish is 12.22. Uh, Joey Logano, three wins. His average finish, 13.33. By the way, Bell's led 573. Uh, Logano's led 597. Ross Chastain bringing up the rear with two wins. 692 laps led, but he has a 10.55 best uh, average finish for the series here. Phoenix, um, Actually, the last couple of years, it's been pretty good. Uh, the late restart, Larson getting the win last year, uh, Chase Elliott the year before. So, Bobby, I, I think the championship race is obviously interesting. It seems like at, at some point in the race, whether it's the non-championship drivers kind of taking it easy on these guys and, and letting them race for it or sure luck, whatever it is, it seems like we're going to get a moment in this race where – they're running, you know, one through four, one through five. Uh, somebody mixed in the middle there. But um, when you look at this race, I guess I'll ask you first. When you look at this race, who do you think – doesn't have to be your pick, but who do you give the advantage to? Uh, just, you know, in your mind, if you've done any research on paper, uh, who do you think has the leg up coming into this one? Straight, straight off the top of the dome on this one, um, I give the leg up to Joey Logano and the 22 Penske team. Um, you know, the opening round of the round of eight here, they get the win and they can focus all their time on this one. Yeah, they ran top 10 in Martinsville, uh, Homestead, but this is this is the goal here. And they got that out of the way by locking themselves in, spent you know the next two weeks gathering data, uh, performed off-season testing in the West, in Las Vegas and Phoenix. Um, with this car, so I, I I think yeah, it's all pointing towards them. Um, Logano does struggle on these type of tracks, um, but I feel like you know, given these two weeks and you know all the testing they've done with there, um, I think that's going to benefit them the most coming into this one. Yeah, I would I I agree with you to a certain extent. Um, I just think since and i know joey's won a championship before but to me to me it's chase i think chase you know a couple years ago he was in the situation and and he got the job done i think talent wise um i know christopher bell's damn good too but i i think chase probably gets the nod to me talent wise so i i, I think he would be the favorite uh out of the four um now this year i i think you know, if you look at Bell, and and you brought this up to I me, and you were texting a little bit about uh, the race Sunday after you know what unfolded and stuff like that. You brought it up, and it kind of made a light bulb go off in my head. How clutch has Christopher Bell been? I, I mean, if you look at him, previewing these four guys, Bell has been clutch 
At the end of the round of 12, he gets a dub. At the end of the round of eight, he gets a dub. Needed them both times. Like this cat, um, he's got three wins this year, and two of them's been in the two most pressure packed uh, playoff races we've had. So uh, you got to like his, uh, his clutchness, I guess. Uh, if you want to expand on that, you can. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll touch on that. Our close personal friends over at the Dale Jr. Download had Steve Letardo on this week, and they brought up Adam Stevens, you know, championship-winning crew chief with Kyle Busch. Yeah. Uh, been in the Gibbs organization, you know, demoted to what many see as the fourth car in that, that place, even though the 20 has the rich history there as well as the 18. Um, you know, comes in with Bell, the guy that replaces Jones, the guy, you know, Jones replaced before him with Edwards and Kenseth. Um, you think about the Suarez and they, they finally hit their guys, Christopher Bell. I think he's going to be their marquee guy coming up because, you know, then he's got his own team. Truex has got another year. Kyle's going to RCR. Um, and the 18 is, it's up for grabs, but is it really with, you know, Ty Gibbs probably in waiting. So I, I think the moment's there. I mean, that whole company is going to be behind, behind uh, Christopher this weekend. And I, I think, you know, the pedigree of that crew, um, you know, back against the wall, um, type mentality coming into this, and we saw it with Chase. He had the win at Martinsville in 2020, came out, and then did the same thing at Phoenix. So I, I think that storyline kind of lines up with that. And you know, we we we've seen the crazier things happen before. Yeah, and another point I I would make in in favor of Christopher Bell, uh, New Hampshire, similar, you know, flat mile racetrack. I mean, it's not shaped obviously as as the same as Phoenix, but. Uh, that was where Bell got his first win of the year, dominated the last stage of that race. So they, they got a, a package. Um, you know, it's, I get it. Stuff changed. Goodyear might bring a different tire this time. It's a different racetrack. But um, you got to like Bell, um, you know, these flat, not banked much, kind of slower uh, mile uh, racetracks, these intermediate miles. So th- those are points towards Bell. And then the last guy we got a preview. I mean, we I mentioned him in the winners. I mean, this – this Ross Chastain, he has had one of the most polarizing seasons in, in NASCAR history. I mean, this guy's ran over half the damn field all year long, never really got paid back. Is this the weekend that finally happens? I know I predicted it's going to happen a month ago. It seems like you thought it could have happened last week, uh, but here it is. This guy's had a career year, um, an upstart team with Trackhouse, and it feels kind of like a season of destiny. If, if you want to take him, I feel like that's kind of the, the, the angle you're betting with or picking with. Um, if you have any thoughts on wrecking ball, Ross, uh, lay him, lay him out, man. Yeah. The melon man, um, he made it happen. I mean, he's been so consistent all year. He's, he has, yep. I mean, he's got that point. Like there's two sides of the coin with him. One, he's very likable, hardworking guy, works for everything he's had to do, struggled and grinded. On the other hand, you know, he wrecks your driver and he becomes enemy number, public enemy number one. So I, I've, I see both sides of it. But for the one I want to give a shout out to for this is Trackhouse Racing. Second year in existence, get a guy in the final four. Um, it just proves that, you know, the little guys can compete with the big guys, you know. Both drivers got wins this year with him and Suarez. You know, it got him in the final four. Um, they, they they have the engines and they, the partnership, um, I, I believe, with Hendrick, I believe. Um, yeah, I think so. So, you know, it, I think that bodes well for NASCAR's future that, you know, you can start a team up. You can come in and put the resources in and the work, and it pays off with a good driver. Um, so just a quick shout-out to them, shout-out to the sport for the future. I love that. Um, but I – it's not – he's going to have the hardest time of the four um, you know, yeah. with, with just the people that he's irked. You know, Denny, he scored Denny. Um, you know, we saw Larson's comments after that race. Um, so I think he's going to have the most pressure put on him by other drivers to not, to not give him up to the, the right driving line, to, you know, make it hard to pass. If he gets caught in traffic, they're not going to let him by. Um, so I think he's going to have the hardest time. So that kind of puts him down on my four. Um, but it, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great story. So I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. Before we make predictions real quick, I would power rank it as this, uh, and then I'll run, I'll give the, the championship four odds and, and we'll make a predictions on this damn thing. I would power rank it and I'll throw it to you for yours, but I would power rank it. Elliot bell 
Logano, Chastain. Um, and I, I think we've given a good capsule of what all four guys bring to the table in this race, but that's how I would see it. Um, how would you power rank it? You, you're going to stick with Logano? I I have the exact same as yours just because oh, – Okay, yeah. Um, just because Joey's not good on, on this kind of a track. Um, well, and, you know, and the Fords haven't been – they've been the by far the third manufacturer this year. They've had their moments, absolutely. but um, Toyota and Chevy's kind of been battling out neck and neck all year. Um, mm-hmm. So, real quick, here's the odds. Uh, Chase Elliott plus 245. This is to win the championship. We've seen in the past, you, you have to win this race for whatever reason. NASCAR gets this fucking race to work out every year where it seems like the champion walks it off. Uh, very few times we've seen the champion finish like third and they win the championship. You usually got to go out and win this thing. So championship odds, though, Chase Elliott plus 245. Chris Bell at plus 340. Joey Logano, 4-1, to one, uh, plus 400. Ross Chastain is 4-1. to one. Also, uh, plus 400. So, my power rankings reflect the, the gambling market. So does yours. Uh, Bobby, are you going to go off the board? Or do you think a, cha- a championship four driver walks it off and, and wins and wins the championship? Or are you going off the board? Yeah, you mentioned it. One of these four is going to win the race, you know, whether it be a manufactured caution or something late that sets it up. Um, it's, think, yeah, that could very easily happen. Yeah, it, it's going to be something like that. And then it's going to come down to – I, I think this one comes down to who has the best pit crew between Elliot and Bell. Um, and that, that's, that's kind of where I'm at there. Um, and, and I, I don't see anyone else coming close. I think, I think at the end of the race, people lead laps, they get points and everything for those cars and the owner's championship. Uh, but at the end of the race comes, they kind of just get out of the way and let those four do their thing. Yeah. Well, gun the head. I'm going to take, I'm going to take Logano. <laughs> it's weird. I don't want to take the chalk with with Elliot. I think I shouldn't have sent a gun in the head. A gun in the head, I would take Elliot. But but I'm I'm going to take Logano. You know, he's like you mentioned it a little bit ago. They've had three weeks now to get this car dialed in for Phoenix. I think that's a huge advantage. I know the Fords haven't been great, but. They've, they've ran well in, in the past or the last few months uh, or ever since the playoffs. They've kind of peaked at the right time, uh, maybe a little bit. Penske, they got a lot of resources, and Ford has a lot of resources. And I just think it would, you know, it totally makes sense for Ford to really not be a factor uh, most of the year, and they come away with the championship. So I, I, I'll take Logano at 4-1. to one. So that's that's where I'm at. I think he wins the race and and wins the championship. Your yeah. your your pick. Yeah, I'm I'm going to take I'm going to take the Cinderella story. I'm going to take the guy who was back against the wall in the round of twelve and the round of eight. Had to win both times. Came up clutch. Um, I, I feel like you know history's on his side. Um, and you know I can't go against the Gibbs guy. So I'm going with Christopher Bell. Yeah, that would be three straight young gun championships in a row with Elliott. Larson and if Bell were to get it done, um, you know, kind of the youth movement's been hitting NASCAR the last few years, so that would also play into that narrative. I got two gambling picks here, though, um, outside of, you know, picking the race winner. I got two guys the top ten here. Um, Kevin Harvick, you got to lay 162, but he's phenomenal at Phoenix. He's ran well lately, so I think uh, the, the Ford machine could get a top 10, so maybe put some money on that. I'm going to take another Gibbs guy, guy that's kind of finished the season strong. Could have won Homestead. Um, didn't have the greatest run last week, but that's okay. But Martin Truex Jr. is plus 105. Decent track record at Phoenix, uh, especially a late and getting plus money here. Plus 105 for a top 10. I will take uh, Martin Truex Jr. as well, so a couple extra gambling picks for me. Uh, Bobby, you have anything else, dude? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm spent. All right. Well, also Kyle Larson's plus 1400 to win the race. Uh, that might be worth something to, to look at. I know he's not raced for the championship, but, um, I don't know. I feel like he's trying to make a statement to the year. So maybe that's something you could look out for you degenerates. But anyway, uh, rate, review, subscribe, follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at podcast PCAST available on your favorite podcasting platforms all the major and minor ones uh we appreciate it share it with a friend an enemy a loved one a hated one we don't care just uh 
the show keeps growing and we have fun doing it. Um, Bobby, go Bobcats. And uh, any famous last words, my dude? Yeah, go Irish and muck Miami. I like that. I have I have a shirt that says Muck Miami. So uh, anyway, go blue. We'll see you next time. And as always, stay classy. Uh-huh.